This is Jimmy and Annette, and we are coming to you from the heart, the center, the bullseye of the Texas Hill Country, where it is what we thought was, it started off as a beautiful day, did it not? No, it was foggy, remember? Wait, oh yeah, it was. That was today. But then it got warm this afternoon, lots of sunshine. Right. But it was foggy so thinking, as we were going to church. It was really foggy. We've actually had a very cool week in the Texas Hill Country. Lots of rain, which we need. I think I think winter and spring got mixed up. Totally confused. I mean, like everything's green and coming alive, and yet I'm looking out the window right now. It looks like it could rain any yeah, second. Exactly. I mean, we need the rain. That's great. Thank you, Jesus. However, Woo. oh, oh, Chevy just Chevy. fell out of his chair, oh. introducing Chevy oh, in a very clumsy moment. <laughs> he, just, he literally he fell. He literally fell. Are you out there, good buddy? Oh, poor baby. He's a good boy. Okay? <laughs> that was funny. He's so unfazed oh, by he's anything. He's like looking at me like, thank you for picking our me up. Our other dog that now lives with our daughter, Faith, because Faith has her own apartment now, she would be like traumatized for a day and a yes. half if she just slipped out of the chair. Yes. She's very neurotic. Chevy's like, oh, who cares? Chevy's like, yeah, whatever, just pet me. Get back up in your lap. So it's been really weird weather. Uh, this last week is actually cool. I mean, we're wearing sweaters again, and we're like, hey, what happened to spring? It was teasing us. It really was. No, I'm ready. For, I've got spring fever, I think. I'm I ready. know. I do, too. I need Fire some time off. Can I have some time tub? off? Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> whatever. You're the executive pastor. You right. I order am yourself. Ready. I am. Last night, I was just like, Lord. It's time. I need yeah. I need some downtime. This Why week, are we tired? Well, this week has been, I mean, Holy Week. Yes. Getting ready for Easter. Yeah. Praying for not just the people to come into church, but the right. people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yes. And so it's heavy. It is. It's a it, big... It's, it's emotional. A, I heard someone say this is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl for Christians right. is Holy Week and, of course, Easter weekend. I'm like, yeah, I don't really buy into the hype of that. We have no Budweiser or Coors commercials happening in our church. but So it's not like, to us, it's not hype. It's more about every day's Easter, every day's Christian uh, or Christmas, when you're a follower of Christ and you're engaged in an ongoing relationship. Would you agree? Right. But for, you know... For Easter, for for churches, that's typically when you could double your attendance. Right. And you're not wanting to double so that you'll have more people. At least we aren't. I want people that are on fire for God or right. or want to grow in their relationship with God. And so I could care less how many people we have, you know, on an Easter Sunday. The next Sunday could be a lot lower. I want to see people growing in their faith or coming to know Him for the first time. Totally that is with you. So important, so, so much more important than the numbers you have. Right. In I mean, we were we're very thankful. We ended up doing three services. Mm-hmm. We typically, I mean, we always do two services, but on on um, I think Christmas did we do three this year? Or we do two on Christmas. No, I, I don't. We did a. I don't know. No, I I'm, I'm so tired, honey. You're I can't so even. Tired, <laughs> you can't think. This Easter so, was. Tough. By the way, this is Easter Sunday when we're doing the broadcast. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's so we're a little bit out of it because it was. It was a very long morning. We did three services back to back. I preached three times and played, I played the guitar. lead guitar in all three services. And why am I so tired? I just sat there because <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about me. Is he going to say am. something stupid today? Exactly. Or, gonna, <laughs> or yeah. Lose our job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, I mean, you do worry though. I mean, you're, I do. I, I, for one, you're you're a pastor too. I mean, I'd just get that out there. I mean, you you're an executive pastor, so you have as much heart investment and call investment mm-hmm. into the church as any of our exactly. team. Exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, but now when I'm, I'm always when I'm the voice up there, you <laughs> you're like, you know, I know him. That's pretty why well. I want a microphone. So just about Adam a, Curry, please no, encourage no, 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 Jimmy no. Whoa, to whoa, let whoa, me whoa, have whoa. a microphone so I can correct you. So in the words of, of Adam Curry, if we give Dame Annette a microphone, <laughs> I'll never preach again. So, because um, <laughs> well, we know how you are. You're, uh, in fact, by the wow. way, for our listeners, now listen to this. <laughs> okay, you're always like, whatever you do, don't put me up front. Whatever you do, don't don't hand me a microphone. I just don't want to be. <laughs> Taken off guard. That's it. Right. Prepare me. I don't mind if you prepare me. The one time you prepared me and then you forgot. 
Oh, Don't do that again. That, I thought you brought that up two episodes ago. I did, yeah, but I okay. brought it Still up again. Still there, heart issue. Right. All right. Well, Jesus heals the broken hearts. <laughs> Which That's is kind of what the message was about today. I needed that message. Oh, Last night. Me too. So okay, so let me just say this. No, get it out there. Yesterday. Awesome. That's what we're here for. We had a wonderful time with Adam and Tina. Yeah, we went and saw the movie His Only Son. Yes, which was good not great but it was but it was, it was good. good and we want to support those who are doing christian movies right. we want to invest in them because we want more them. yes absolutely. and the more funds that they receive the better actors and you exactly. know um so forth they'll have well we went and we had a great time with them it was lovely we had dinner with them they came over for drinks and dessert I, we had dessert already and then they leave we had some vino we did. It was good. Well, and it was wonderful. yes, it was good. Grape Creek. Yes. But yeah, as soon as I left, I had a meltdown. I know. It was. It was. I saw it on your face. Well, I, and I couldn't understand what was going on, but I just started to feel. You know, when we were talking a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago about the, the um, what plays in your mind, the records that play. Yeah, the, the tapes. The tapes. The tapes yeah, records. I, I'm, I'm aging myself. But the, <laughs> the tapes, vinyl. the DVDs or whatever you want to say, <laughs> that play in your in your mind. And that started going through my mind so bad. And, it, I mean, it was bad. I was, I was crying. I was like, all these things were coming out of my mouth that, well, I don't know if I actually more said it. More in your mind. More in my mind. You weren't saying did, anything out loud. You asked me what was wrong, and I just briefly shared because I didn't want to. It's because husbands know. Right. You do. But you didn't know fully. No, I didn't know what was going on. I, I just did knew something you that were, I, something was buzzing in your right, head, and I knew it, that. It, it was. I think what's hard for me is is every, and I hate saying this because it sounds like, well, then now it's going to happen every year. <laughs> but every year in the past... I've had depression try to hit me around my birthday. Right. I think it has to do with something that happened with my ex-husband back in the day, but I, I can't pinpoint it. All right. I know is the aging process is very hard on me. Mm-hmm. And I just turn, you know, that age that I don't even want to say. I, I wish I, I, it's hard. Okay, well, I'll keep it to myself. Okay, keep it to yourself. We are the same age. Oh, my I, goodness, no, so mind. you just Sorry. told no, everybody. No, 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 I'm Thanks. not going to say it. I'm going to okay. be nice. It's okay. But I'm in a good mood. So. I, I just, I, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. And so it hit me last night after they left, and I laid in bed, and I literally, I could have had a cry fest. I started to cry. I heard it. I mean, I could tell. Yeah. And I, I was, decided I was, I was eavesdropping. I know, <laughs> but there was one thing I've never done ever when this has happened. I literally got in. Got I was laying down in bed when it happened, and I got the U version Bible out, mm-hmm. and I just started reading scripture after scripture after scripture Boom. because I really felt like. And what I did was I took one of my devotions. I'm doing um the devotion. What's it called? Let's see. You're doing several. Easter. Well, I am. I'm doing, but this one particular this week is okay. called Easter Explained, and it's eight day guide to celebrating the Holy Week. So I went through. The, I, I'm really shocked that I did this. I'm really proud of myself that I did this, but I went through every scripture for six days, which was a lot. I mean, there were some. There was it was a whole chapter's worth. Right. And so for about an hour. I made myself read every scripture because you can't cry and read at the same time. Well, I kept looking over at you. So this is a guy, this is a husband wife thing. And, yes. and those of you that are married get this. You always know when your spouse is struggling. You know, there's something going on. They won't talk about it. Of course, as a dude, I'm like, what I do? What I do? You did. And I said, it's this doesn't have anything me. to do with you. Codependent Jimmy's like, oh, did I do something? Did I mess up? Did I not say something? Did I say something? Did I, you know, I. That's so me centric. That's is. so codependent. Very it's pathetically <laughs> Very codependent. So. But it's there's a flip side of that, and it really is because I genuinely care about what's going on in your heart and in your mind. It's what a husband does. We care. So as you're over there, I was like, "Are you okay? What are you reading?" Because you were man, whatever you're reading, you were into. So I was because it was scripture it was a Bible, and I, I I couldn't tell you what I was reading because yeah. I literally was reading through different you were chapters, going a different lot. books. And I realized when I started reading, I was really crying. Yeah. But as I started going through the scriptures, after a few minutes, 
I couldn't cry anymore. All I could do is read. Wow. And I was reading so much about what what happened with Jesus on the Holy at the Holy Week. Ooh, that'll do it. And my I went from this feeling sorry for myself to compassion for Jesus. Wow. And I totally turned. I did not go to sleep crying like I have in the past. So all right, there's a couple of things there. Because okay. when you bring that up, that just my mind just goes off in, in several things. But first of all, to the ladies that are listening to the podcast, I want you, can you address them? Because they get what you're saying. They've, well, I mean, they've laid they're in bed women. And cried we, before. we go through these emotions. I, yeah. you know, get it's triggered. Is they that, do. We yeah. have triggers for some reason, my birthday. But you know what was interesting? My birthday was a week ago. And usually it's on my birthday or the week before. This time it was a week after. Right, so, so I thought we were through that. I did too. <laughs> hey, we made it this and year. And when those recordings started to play, wow, it's crazy. It, I it's just, not crazy. It's no. it's well, it's the enemy. I think you get around people like Adam and Tina, who I just think are the best, literally the best people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, they are. I, I have cool never met anybody like them. That's for sure. And they're beautiful, and they're tall, and they're gorgeous. So and, much Adam. Tina is pretty. <laughs> Sorry, blind, Adam. I had to you. throw a shot in and there, brother. I literally just—I think I just went inward. You know, I went mm. into a bad place. Like, mm. well, you'll never, you know, amount to anything. You won't. You don't look like them. You'll. You'll never. You know, you don't have the. Are th- you kidding? I know. Can you believe You're that? Hot. I'm looking oh, no, at you no, across no. the desk. Here. Oh my gosh! Stop. Wow. But it. Thirty I just, years of wow. I think the enemy just loves to play those tapes that are so, I mean, we're talking from years and years in the past. Nothing that has happened in the the present. It's all from the past. Okay, but this is what I love, Jimmy. So I I share with you last night, yes, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a a, a woman moment. I feel this, this, this. I get in the word. But you didn't say all that. No. Well, I said <laughs> so you just a little bit. I did yeah, say a little that's bit. That's okay. I get I it. I didn't need to say much because I literally didn't want it out in the air. I, well, the dude would like to hear more, well, but that's okay. Also, no, seriously. Well, I appreciate also, it. Also, I didn't want to continue crying. I knew right. I'd be all puffy. Yeah, I'd be yeah. tired this morning. I had a long day. I know. It's a woman thing. So, but, you know, I get up, I go to church, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm good. I, 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 at least I got the word in me. I feel good. And then you switched the sermon, and it was for me. And you didn't tell me. You, you told me, and you, you mentioned to Adam and Tina that you totally switched gears, that on Saturday morning you woke up at 4, 4.30 in the morning, and you felt like the Lord told you, don't preach this, preach this. Yeah. You totally change it. And I asked you when we were with Tina and Adam, and you said, I'm not telling you. You need to wait till tomorrow. I couldn't believe it. When you preached the message on we see our brokenness, God sees our mending. Yeah, it's a line from a oh song. Gosh. We see broken. God, God sees, sees mended. mended. I literally lost it inside that's wild. I just was like because I literally did not know what was going on no, with you. We didn't because it was last it. night and, and you, what happened and was the morning, night before. You wouldn't talk about it cuz you didn't want to mess up. No, my, I wanted I you, you to be I was be, getting ready to preach yes. and you were being gentle. Yes. And uh I still knew you were a little bit off, but it, you seemed better, but I had no idea what you were struggling with in your heart. Yeah. The Lord woke me up. And I say the Lord because I don't normally wake up early. Well, you that don't early. Wake up to change a message no. that you had prepared for weeks. I, I mean, been, literally weeks. I've been weeks. working on this, doing some deep dive study about the crucifixion. Uh, I had some great Lee Strobel quotes <laughs> about the. Well, and you were wanting it to be reality of it. Yeah, I wanted it to be a full on Easter. Yes. While it celebrate, we had been seeing movies about Easter. We watched Risen. We watched His Only Son. There was another one we watched, The Thieves on the Cross, with mm-hmm. Jonathan Rumi. So we had watched a bunch of movies that really fed into. Really want to talk about and the crucifixion. some documentaries that were yeah. just amazing. And the but you were doing a lot of study right. to prepare for this Sunday, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, God says, "Nope, I don't even want you to preach on that." I was wrestling when I and went to I bed on it, Friday night. I was wrestling with it. I am. I'm really glad now <laughs> that you didn't tell me, 
because I think my mouth was probably open the whole time you were preaching first service. Of course, I heard it first, second, and third <laughs> service. Three times. Maybe maybe it takes that much yeah, for me to get Yeah, three times it. or what do they say is it yeah, charm? Yeah, yeah. But I literally felt like, you know, you said God told me to do this, and this is for someone out there. And I thought, wow, for your own wife? Really? Because I literally needed to hear what you said. Even though I know it intuitively, there was just something about hearing it mm. in that setting. It just, you know, there's just areas that we believe that God has healed, but sometimes there's just a little crack, a little open door that happens. That, I call that residue. Yes. The issue's not there in your face all the time like it was in the past. As you've gotten healed. But there's still scars. There's still right. residue. I mean, I had a scar on the bottom of my arm where I got cut badly. Mm-hmm. And for years, even though the scar healed over, if I ever accidentally bumped that spot, like on the edge of a desk or or anything, I right. just sat down on the, you know, put my arm down on the table wrong, it would let, it would remind me that there was a wound. And it would bleed again. It wouldn't bleed. It was well, just sometimes. Hurt. No, no, no. This oh, is the one that was not completely the scab, healed the over. Okay, it was gotcha. gone. Yeah, it was just a scar. But it was sensitive. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not anymore. All these years, low these many years, it's not now. But it reminded me, and it was like, I'm still here. <laughs> and I think sometimes some of the things that we get healed from spiritually and emotionally, you bump the wrong thing. It's like a trigger, and it reminds you, wait, I'm still here. And you're like, well, you're, you're still here, but you're not as strong as you used to be. Right. And I'm not who I used to be. So I'm beginning to heal it is a process. I, I wouldn't you love it if God just we prayed, snap our fingers. Sorry, I got Chevy all day. When I snap my fingers, it's a signal for he Chevy. Just so jumps he up his like, mind okay, let's I go. Snap my finger like, where are we going? But anyway, wouldn't it be great if when we when we prayed and we said, Lord, we need you to heal this broken piece in my life or this memory or this trauma? Wouldn't it be cool in a perfect world if God just snapped his fingers? And we were instantly healed. And never felt another Never felt a trigger or residue or echo of the past. But for those of you listening, I understand. Well, I think, you know, Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he had to live with. And I almost feel like this is the thorn in my flesh that I have to overcome, though. I can't allow it to take root in my life and render me unable, you know, helpless because it's, it, this is serious. It really is serious when it gets to the point to where you just, you know, you're like, Lord, you really need to intervene because I don't know how much long more I can take. So I have a verse for that. Okay. I read this verse this morning in the sermon. And again, this was a late edition. This was an edition this morning. No, late, late last night. You'd, you'd finally fell asleep. And I, my mind was still pinging because I knew this wasn't fully developed because God just gave it to me hot off the press. So my mind was a little bit like going, uh, I hope I know where I'm going with this because I really felt led by the Lord to go. And this verse came to my mind. Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul is talking about what you just brought up, the thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I want to do this, but then I do that. He's going back and forth. Well, that was actually Romans, but it's still the same spirit, spirit. of what he's mm-hmm. talking about. He's wrestling. Listen to what he says. And this is Paul speaking. He says, but he, God, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, or my grace is enough for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, and this is Paul again, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Whoa. In other words, when the Lord just didn't snap his fingers and remove the thorn, and we don't even know what the thorn was. The Bible never clarifies. I think that's genius because you, it's almost like insert <laughs> insert your thorn exactly. in this blank, right? Because everybody has something different they're dealing it. with. We all have brokenness in our mm-hmm. lives. And so I love that, that, that the Lord said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect. The word perfect there means whole. Complete. Or complete or total. My, my power is made perfect, whole, complete, total, in weakness. It's like... So God shows off and shows out through Paul's weaknesses, mm-hmm. which is speaking to us as well. 
So, yeah, you, it's like you have to wrestle through this thing. You have to walk through the valley of the shadow. Well, and I think you don't people stop. You keep walking. People look at pastors and think, "Oh, well, y'all have got it all together. You know the word. <laughs> you know how to, you know, handle life in um, a better manner. You're, you're, you know, you don't have a care in the world, and they don't understand." Sometimes it's worse. Introduced me to these said pastors. I'm, I would exactly. love to meet them. Well, <laughs> we've heard of some of those who've actually talked about that oh, in the pulpit, like but are. we know no, right. they're not perfect. We know that's not true. But, man, it's hard. I think that the more ground we take from the enemy, the more he pushes us. Right. You know he's what I'm trying, saying? Well, he's trying to keep a hold. He, he doesn't want to let go. It's a stronghold. Stronghold. And he doesn't want to let go. And he, his job is to kill, steal, yeah. and destroy. And he might not can kill, steal, and destroy my body, but he can kill, steal, destroy my mind, my thoughts, my heart. Yeah. I'm telling you, he, it's, it's a so, battle. So, but here's, first of all, Yes, let's acknowledge it is a war to fight. Everybody listening to the show right now are, can identify with having these mind wars. We brought that up a couple of weeks in a row because it is. It's the battlefield of the mind's real. And, in fact, you ordered that Bible from mm-hmm. Joyce Meyer. It's great. I've been thumbing through it and looking at all the highlights. Fantastic. But So it's real for us, this battle, this war. But that's So let's acknowledge that. It's real, okay? So in, in order to heal it, uh, I love what Tommy Hayes says, in order to heal it, you need to reveal it, right? Mm-hmm. So let's reveal that and acknowledge, okay, it is what it is. However, we don't have to stay stuck in that. Exactly. So let's get on to, because I want to help those that are listening, because mm-hmm. we know what to do, even though sometimes in the middle of it, you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But what did you do? You mentioned it a minute ago. Oh, I got in the scriptures, and I just read and read and read, and I thought, found it interesting that the more I read, I was reading a lot of Psalms of what David was going mm. through oh, when wow. Saul was was after him and was wanting to kill him. I didn't and know what him. you were reading. You well, didn't that me. was that was part of the devotion. And I'm sitting there thinking, here I am, upset about aging. Hello. Not looking the way I did when I was 30, not feeling the way I did when I was 30 not feeling attractive, all these things. And he's running for his life because a king wants to kill him. I'm, I literally... Out of jealousy. Yes. And I, I just sat there and I was just, how ridiculous is this? Literally, I literally felt the Lord say, do you not see how stupid this mm, is? Wow. You're not stupid. But those right. thoughts are not for me because I see you as a masterpiece. Wow. A masterpiece. Come on, girl. And now so if he sees me as that, why can't I see that? I was talking with um, Tina. We've talked quite a lot about body dysmorphia. Mm, we so both, common. We both. So You've common. told me for years I had that issue. I didn't know there was a word for it. Yes, dysmorphia. <laughs> Still the last few and years. then Tina, as we have gotten to know each other, we've talked about it quite a bit, how yeah. we struggle with so that. So tell people, tell for those who maybe don't, like me, didn't I didn't know there was a term for it, but what is it? What is it? Well, it's just you, you don't see your body as it okay. truly is. So you look in the mirror and you see one thing, and I look at you and yeah. I'm seeing a completely different see, I, thing. See, I look in the mirror and... So many times, I'm, this is something I have to work on. I feel like I'm 300 pounds. I know. It doesn't even make sense. And You're a tiny person. It, it, but in my mind, I'm not. In my, when, I see, when I see with my eyes, I mean, it's, it's obvious that I'm not. But somehow in my mind, my mind tells me I am. Wow. So I have to overcome this constantly. Every time I eat, every time I put on clothes... But I have to eat and I have to dress. Mm. But it is something I have to. I, I, I'm not exactly sure where the origin is. Well, for one, I mean, I'm a, I'm a dude. Well, You're a female in in the magazines. Well, that's Entertainment true. industry, culture. I mean, everything screams not just at women. It screams at all of us that we're not enough. Yeah, we're not pretty enough, and yet they're airbrushed and fixed up exactly. and photoshopped 
And yet we still somehow in our mind think we should be able to live up to these images. Well, I remember when I was 107 pounds and my ex-husband told me I was fat. So how do you get wow. over that? 107 pounds. I look at someone Girl. I could only wish. Actually, I don't wish to be 107. I would look horrible. But the problem oh, is, sickly. is that those enemy, the enemy puts those lies in your head you go. from, you from past, right you know, past um, statements that have been made about you. And it just plays and plays and plays. And so true. I thought I was doing fine. And then I don't know. It just came out of nowhere. That that's what's so crazy Which to me is a signal. When, when a thought just comes out of nowhere, you have to realize there's an origin to that thought. Mm-hmm. So obviously something triggered it, but it came from a source other than you. And well, and I also realized I'm extremely tired. Mm. And think about it. Yeah. We kind of let, you know, everything go. We kind of let our, our mind just kind of go wherever when we're tired we don't we don't think about our thoughts which i think is important mm-hmm. and um i just feel like i'm just gearing up for easter and just all the things we've been we've been doing in the last few weeks yeah, i mean we were busy. sick it's for a long hectic. time and then we had all the funerals and weddings and now we have another wedding our own daughter and so i feel like i am just exhausted and when you're exhausted you just you just kind of allow the enemy can be allowed to get in there and and speak those things that bring death and not life. And wow. I think that's what happened. I think I don't know. I we've been counseling a lot of people. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, been, been meeting with a lot of people who been, are struggling. We've done yes. a lot of funerals where we're dealing with a lot of death, death and grief mm-hmm. and heavy things. And the residue of that, well, you can't help but take that on, or you. You can't be empathetic and compassionate unless you are feeling some of those things. Right. So because you do, you take that on. You, you feel can't turn it off. Right. And like, we wouldn't be worth anything if we turned no. it off. We wouldn't be any good to anybody. Right. So, so we do tend to take those things on, and we do it out of love. Mm-hmm. It is a love thing, but you don't often get four or five funerals and a wedding in in a couple of months. Period. Exactly. That's, it's a real heightened season of a lot of emotional weight right and uh, gravity it's just it just feels like you so i think i think i need i need a that's why i said i need some time off i literally was praying to the lord last night i was just like i really do need some time just yes to restore myself restore i mean spiritually i feel stronger than i've ever been honestly Yeah, because it on the other hand, so here's the flip side. It's been a great season. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the church is growing. It's thriving. People are thriving. We're we're making great friends, and we're, we're doing this podcast as a new thing. We're we're we we're purged. engaging we, a lot of things. We're not allowing things to come into our mind. Yeah, yeah, and our, yes, it's things. just been amazing. It's a good season. Isn't that when the devil comes? Uh, <laughs> go figure. Always. Hello. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like get a clue here. So interesting because we were just talking about this, and uh, you made a comment. You said, and, and again, for our listeners, we really want you to, to drill down in this with us. The Bible calls the devil a liar and the father, father of, of it, lies. A father of lies. And Jesus says he, he's been a liar from the beginning because that's his nature. Mm-hmm. It's his nature to lie. So these things that come back at us, these echoes from the past, are really from the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a strategic assault on our heart and on our mind. Because if you believe a lie, you will act on it as though it's true. Correct. It's true. So, so if I if I'm told this, and when I was in the childcare industry with these children that were so abused, much of what they were up against wasn't real. That was real to them, because you know a lie becomes real to the person that's you know you say it long enough and often enough, it becomes a reality, and you begin to think it's true. And then once you think it's true, you act as though it is. So when a child is told they're ugly, they were never wanted. They're not going to ever turn out to be anything. They'll never make it. And they're told that over and over for the first one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, ten years of their life. Well, what, what do you think? They start to actually act as though that's true and that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, correct? Exactly. 
And so what a lot of all of us, and I say us, those of us, those that are listening, you and me sitting here, I don't know about Chevy, he's pretty clueless, but other than that, we are constantly battling some of these thoughts and some of these lies that were implanted like a tree gets transplanted into your soul and it grows roots. And once it takes root, you know, it's difficult to get out. Like if you pull a tree up out in the yard right now, we want to go out with the right kind of equipment and pull that thing up, there'd still be a root system in the ground that Mm -hmm. can cause problems. And so the same thing happens. So we receive Jesus Christ, we accept His goodness in our lives, and, and then we begin to say, we're free indeed, you know, we're free in Christ. And then something triggers a thought, and it's like, whoa, I thought I was over that. I thought Jesus healed that. Here's what we've learned the real way and maybe the hard way is that healing is a process. That's for sure. A miracle is instantaneous, but a miracle can also be a process. And so I've quit begging God for the instantaneous miracle. And I now ask God and request that he walk with me through these, these healing things. So for those listening, the enemy is a liar, mm-hmm. and there's a strategy, a scheme on your life. There are, there, there's a strategy against you to, to do well, to make it, to overcome. And even though already in Christ you are free, already in Christ you are healed, already in Christ you are an overcomer, if the enemy can convince you that you're not, mm-hmm. That's true. you will act like you're not even though you are. And that's the enemy's goal because what he's trying to do is cancel you. He wants to marginalize you. He wants to ghost you. He wants to, he wants to do everything he can to make sure you are ineffective for the kingdom exactly. of God. Exactly. And so he, he does these surprise attacks, which is what happened mm-hmm. to you. Although you pinpointed it and realized, wait, about this time of year I get triggered. Mm-hmm. That's that's insightful. Mm-hmm. Hey, and that's a victory that you recognize. Well, and that. it's just interesting that it was a week later. Yeah. Wasn't so exactly that tells me, hmm, okay. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe it's maybe next year it'll be a month later. <laughs> and eventually <laughs> it will be nothing. I need it to go away. I know. I know. But it, it's I I I'm just glad I had the word to go to. Let me the applaud word, you for how you handled yes, it. Yes, uh, I could not have gotten through the night if I did not read the word. Because here's the interesting thing. So the timing of it, it's the night before I'm going to preach what would some would say is the Super Bowl of Sundays for a pastor and a Christian. So I'm, I'm and I've already had a switcheroo, so I was a little not sure-footed about it because I hadn't studied all that. It was. God totally threw me a, a different direction. And then I'm, I'm, instead of focusing on that, all I can do is think about, is she okay? Is she okay? What a distraction that the enemy stupid? wants for you. I know, and, and we, we get that. And it's not that, that you did anything wrong. It's just the timing of this wave, this mm-hmm. attack hitting you, this residue coming back up was the night before one of our biggest days of the year. And it turned out it was, it was a record setter. It was a huge day for us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people minister to, a lot of good things happened today. And uh, if you ever want to watch our messages or find out more about our church, it's called Bridge Church Fredericksburg. You can go to bridgefbg.com. FBG stands for Fredericksburg. BridgeFVG.com. You can find all of our sermons there. I put our daily posts there. I mean, you can do that and you can actually watch the messages from this weekend. Because here's the switcheroo that came. Can I just share this? Sure. Because it really it's, fits right in with what we're talking about. So at f- four something on Saturday morning, Friday morning, Friday morning. No. Saturday morning. Saturday right. morning. So Saturday morning, I put the final polish on the message. I sent it over to Pastor Brian, who's over our production, so that he can load in the scriptures into our system so that they'll show up on the screen, uh, pro presenter. And so he'll have everything we need so that I've got slides and all that. He puts up, he does the final build out on Saturday morning, uh, runs up there, or early Sunday sometimes. But anyway, so I... Uh, I knew I needed to get up and get him the final, and I'd already put together a bunch of stuff. I was, I was going to have to edit a lot of it. It's way too much information. Gosh, it's daunting when you start looking at Holy Week. And um, so about four-something, I woke up. I had this very uneasy feeling, and I knew what it was. 
I knew I was getting a curveball. <laughs> and it doesn't happen that often, but it, it does it happen doesn't, some. But when it does, and then I go into these, oh, Annette thought I was going to do this. If I do a switch and she doesn't like it, then I'm going to feel bad about it. But these things I happen. always like everything. Well, there are times when you kind of get that questioning thing like, are you sure about that? And I go, trust me. And just then trust you... Me. You preach, and it's amazing. It's the right thing. It, yes, it's just exactly. Because I do hear his voice, not not literally, but I get these impressions and leanings. And so I do know when it's him trying to give me a signal. And so I was trying to listen to that. So I get up Saturday morning. I rebuild the whole message in a completely different direction, totally different. And, it, and I thought, wow, well, this will be an unusual Easter message. But here's what happened. I woke up in the middle of the night thinking... I did all this research and work on a message that's going to scientifically wow people. They're going to go, oh, my gosh, the crucifixion was horrible to the human body. Oh, I'm going to quote Lee Strobel, who I love as an apologist and a, and a thinker, you know, about the, the, the validity of the resurrection. And it, and it dawned on me, and I know this was the Holy Spirit, my helper, my comforter, my counselor, my friend, waking me up to say, that's great, Jimmy, but you're going to miss a lot of the people that I'm going to bring to the Bridge Church, literally nearly 300 more people, over 300 more people than a regular Sunday. Plus internet as well. Plus the internet, and, you know, people that are watching online. And and the Lord just, again, He didn't speak literally, this is my mind interpreting my feelings that He was giving me, was who's your audience? And I realized, and I heard this in my heart, I even said it out loud the other day, that Easter is about when Jesus told Peter and the guys to cast their net on the other side of the boat. They'd been fishing all night and hadn't caught anything. Jesus shows up and says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. The impression I had was Jesus was saying to me, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And the way I interpreted that was, you're not going to preach what you thought you were. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a completely different thing. You think you need to do it over here. I'm telling you, put it over here, and there'll be a great catch of fish. So we show up. Church is packed. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like, don't tell the fire department. There was a lot of people there. <laughs> it was jammed. And uh, praise the Lord for that. But I realized as I looked out in the congregation, and I went out and met a lot of people before the first and second services started. And as I was me. I'm new, I'm new, we're from Ohio, we were visiting town, or this is, these are my friends, or these are my family from another town. And the Lord was saying, see, mm -hmm. the people that are here, they need to hear. They don't need another crucifix no. crucifixion story that they hear every, every year. They need to hear A that God loves them no matter what. There it is. I got up On there. On their worst day, God loves Exactly. Them. I got up there with basically no story in mind, nothing. I mean, it was Well, bare. that's how you typically, Well, I mean, you get up and you tell a, a story times. off the cuff. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. But I think because it was such a different direction, I cast my net on the other side of the boat mm -hmm. that I did not exactly know where it was going for service. And I just stepped up and trusted the Lord that he's going to give me what I need to say. And he did right off the bat. And, and the word says, my sheep hear my voice. Oh, they know man. my voice. Yeah. So I trust God in you well, that he's going to lead you to preach what you need thank to you. preach. And so I trust him too. lean on me. Please don't put that pressure on <laughs> me. I love you me. and I want to please you. I, I know, you but yeah, I would rather you please God than me. I get that. Yeah. So that's what I did. And, and the, I switched the whole whole thrust of the message to the brokenhearted. And I and I did something I've never done. I said Humpty Dumpty and then I let the <laughs> I let the congregation finish it. And that Humpty was funny. He sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty do, had a great do fall. Do kids these days even know that I don't story? Know. I don't all even. the king's horses <laughs> and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. So I talked about Mr. Mr. Humpty. Mr. and Mrs. And Mrs. No, Mr. Dumpty and Mrs. Dumpty. Yes. Because <laughs> there's male and female, and I, I said, we're all broken. We all have shards. We're, we're like shards of glass, shards of ceramic pottery. And then I told a story about uh, an ancient Japanese. That was powerful. This is, this is how God works. I read a random, very random news article, and I, I live randomly, so it's actually not that abnormal for me. But I, I, I pulled up this news article, I clicked on it, and it was like three things that the Japanese culture 
do to find peace? And I thought, well, that's interesting, randomly. What do they do? And one of them was this art uh, form called Kit, Kit, Kent and Kintsugi. Kintsugi, it's hard for me to say, Kintsugi. And uh, so I did some research and on that, and it was fascinating. Um, what they do is they take, instead of throwing away, let's say a, a, a bowl falls off the table and breaks. Well, normally, what would we do? Right, we would throw it in the trash. We'd, if if it's not salvageable. Get the broom, right. get the uh, the scoop thing. <laughs> the Dyson. The Dyson. <laughs> we'd go grab the Dyson and mm-hmm. we'd just vacuum that thing up, throw it in the trash, right? And never think about it again. But not them. They actually value the usefulness of, of a product or, or something that's made to do something. They value its purpose. And so centuries ago, an emperor, a Japanese emperor, had a very valuable rare pot. It fell over. It broke. And so he sent out throughout the land wanting to get another one because it, it was rare, but there were others made, and they could not find one. And so some artisans and those who worked in ceramics and pottery came and said, let us, let us take it. Let us see what we can do. So he did. And when they brought it back, it was stunning because what they did is they took lacquer and gold dust and they meticulously reassembled this vase or this piece of pottery. And it actually was more beautiful when they returned it. And it was more beautiful. More valuable. With, more valuable because of the gold, gold. dust. Mm-hmm. But it, it meant more to the emperor afterwards because he could see the cracks and, and the scars and the imperfections. But they made those imperfections beautiful. Mm. And that that began a trend where other people begin to do that. And now you walk into, you know, any... any uh, Japanese restaurant or you're in a museum, you'll see these beautiful works and they're beautiful, but they're actually birthed out of brokenness. That's something. And so then the article I read had nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> it was all about the Japanese culture. But I thought to myself, this is exactly what God has done in my life. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus does for us. He takes these broken pieces and instead of discarding them, he actually scoops them up and he puts them back together again. And they're better and more valuable afterwards. They become works of art. Mm-hmm. I want to just share a scripture. In fact, you even mentioned you got right there. And I thought, oh, this is this is that. <laughs> so let me just share this. For those of you who maybe feel like you're broken, maybe you feel like you're shards, <laughs> shards of pottery on the ground and somebody's about to come scoop you up and toss you out. This scripture came to my mind, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For it is by grace, I love that word, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, God's gift of grace. And it says this, not by works so that no one can boast. Now listen to this, verse 10. This is where, I, where, I, where that metaphor collided with my theology. For we are God's workmanship, Mm -hmm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, God designed us to do these amazing things, but we are broken. Everyone is broken. Everyone. Everyone listening to this podcast is broken. There are chinks in our armor. We're like a scratch and dent down at the world oh dealership, God. you know, or Home Depot or something. They've got the scratch and dent section, you know. It's a bunch of stuff that got beat up in shipping, and it's dented, and it's, and it's lost value, according to the consumer. And yet, when we put it back to work, it works. But I love the whole idea of Kitsumi, that God can take these broken things and put them back together with gold, with grace, with mercy, with his love. Put us back together again to where now we become what the scripture says so that we are God's workmanship. And that word workmanship means a work in progress. It's, it's what a craftsman or an artisan does with beautiful things. They work with things and create something that's a work of art and that's beautiful. And that's what we are in Christ. And I shared that message, and that's the message the Lord gave me. Of course, I used Peter as a great example of how three times he denied Christ, and then Christ three times restored him. And just a beautiful moment there. And then we called for people to come forward and 
give their hearts to Christ, and we had a lot of people at the front. It was just a beautiful, beautiful day. But um, I've learned something new, and Kintsumi will always be an image in my mind of something that was broken that God made beautiful. And then that line of the song came to me, what people or what we call broken, God, what we see is broken, God sees beautiful. We see broken, God sees beautiful. And so anyway, that was the thrust of it all. So Annette, what did you, uh, what, did, what did that speak to you? As You said that that really hit you because that wasn't where you thought I was going with the message. Do you remember that song we used to sing about being refined as gold? Oh, yeah. What was it Refiner's called? Refiner's Fire, I think. That mm-hmm. was a classic. Ref- oh, it's called Gold. Gold, it sure was. It's called it was gold. a beautiful, beautiful worship song. song. I wish we had that song playing. It's powerful. In Zechariah 13, he says, I will refine them as silver is refined mm. and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. Wow. See, he refines us. Yeah. He refines us. To purify us like the yes. finest gold. And so I, I just, that was going through my mind and I was like, wow. He's just refining us, and we're always going to be refined until we meet Him face to face yeah. in person. Yeah, and then it'll be we'll be complete. You know, I think we live in a fallen world, so we we sort of sometimes have this fairy tale that one day I'm going to reach a place in life where there'll be no more pain, mm-hmm. uh, where there'll be no more discomfort. That means I need to work harder, make more money, invest more, have a bigger retirement. So we think we try to build in all these safeguards just in case. And at some point you have to realize we live in a broken world and broken things break other things. Mm -hmm. We always say broken people break people, Mm -hmm. Uh, hurt people, hurt people. But broken, when you live in a broken world, the broken world is going to break people. It's going to break us. It's going to chip things off and dent us and hit us and hurt us. And it's not a fatalistic viewpoint. It's not like I live thinking, oh, yeah, well, just waiting for the next shoe to drop. But there is a sense in which we realize that that life is not fair and that we live in a broken world and things happen. And we do. But the beauty of it is is that we now have, you, you use the Word of God. When you were struggling in your brokenness yesterday, last night, you went to the source of life. You went to the Word of God. You went to the Bible and you read the scripture, and it, what did it do? It it built me up, gave me peace, gave me rest. I was like, able to go to sleep and sleep well. It put you back together again like mm-hmm. lacquer and gold. Exactly, dust. exactly. Well, I think you're beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you're a beautiful work of art. You're his workmanship. And so are you. Those of you that are listening, you are God's workmanship. You're God's masterpiece that he's working on and building. And we want you to be encouraged. We call this podcast Living Up in a Down World for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because it is a broken world, and we're trying to, to learn and grow and, and get um, tools in our tool belt that will help us live this life as we should. And so any final thoughts on that before we sign off today? No, I think I've said quite a bit. I'm... I'm Excited to see what God's going to do through this. Yeah, yeah. And how He's going to continue to lead me through this. Yeah. Um, because it's not over. It's a journey. Because we're isn't it? still living on this fallen earth. It's a journey. And so it is not over. I always think of the show, the movie, What About Bob? Oh, my goodness. You Baby would think of that to one. The door, <laughs> Baby Step to the Baby Street. Steps. Baby Steps. Yes. Listen, we love you guys. I, I got to give a shout out and a big thanks to uh, Adam Curry and Tina. Um, super excited for Adam. We got to talk about this for a minute. Oh, he's getting baptized he's getting Wednesday. Baptized on Wednesday. Oh, night Tina was a mess today. She said <laughs> his baptism is affecting her more than her own. Oh wow! And she is really looking forward to it. Uh, so it's going to be beautiful. He's so excited. He I mean, is. We were out with 
to to the movie and dinner with them yesterday, and then they stopped. We hung out here at the house, and his excitement, his exuberance, just is so life giving. It is. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I have the honor of getting to baptize my brother mm-hmm. in Christ, and so we talked that through a little bit. And, uh, and we're having a night of worship, which and is going to be super It's all streamed awesome. so you can watch. Yeah. So if you want to watch Adam Curry get baptized and several <laughs> other, we got lots of folks getting baptized, you can go to, um, well, you can go to our website, at, which is bridgefbg.com, and it'll be live streamed there. Mm-hmm. It's also live streamed on YouTube. And that's, you just go to YouTube and you, you do a search for Fredericksburg. Bridge uh, Church. Bridge Church, Fredericksburg, Texas. Texas. There is there's, a, there's a bridge church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I know. That's it's not unbelievable. us. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah, we have our own channel there, so you can find that. It'll be live streamed there. It's also live streamed on Facebook, but it, Facebook is just being nerdy about yeah. some things. They messed our, our live stream up today because of a... Oh, what they call it, some kind of th- a new update they sent out and totally jacked us up. But no. yeah, we keep having a little not, a fan. Eh, not, not a fan. Not a fan. So anyway, go so watch Adam watch and watch the night of worship. It's gonna our our worship team. We're gonna be cranking it up and playing and just worshiping God in freedom. It's just a wonderful night of celebration, kind of an Easter afterglow. Mm-hmm. And uh, the baptismal waters will be warm. We're gonna see people get get baptized. It's gonna be a sweet time. And uh, also, just always want to say big thanks to you that that uh, have been checking out our website. Several of you've been writing in, sharing your testimonies, asking questions, and we always encourage that. You can find us at livingupinadownworld.com. And you can write us, you can do comments on the show, you can listen to the show there. But we also would encourage you to check out Fountain. Fountain is a great platform where you can uh, participate in value for value. And if and when you hear something you like, you can actually, you know, encourage us by by bumping us, boosting us. Uh, they called Boostagrams and send us Satoshis. Even by listening to the app, you actually make money. You make uh, Bitcoin. It just hmm. it's you can earn it literally just by listening. And uh, so anyway, we appreciate your help in that. And those of you that have been boosting us and encouraging us on Fountain and and Castomatic and other other value for value platforms and Podcast 2.0, thank you so much. And uh, we just love you. We're doing this as a labor of love. We're doing it because we we care about you, about what you're going through, but we care about you because we want to see you grow in your faith life and, and on your faith journey. So do write us. Let us know you're listening. Send questions. Send comments. We love hearing from you, and we'll always get back with you. Annette, any final word? No. Well, I just want to make sure that everybody knows, please, Listen to Curry and the Keeper if you want a good laugh. Oh, there you go. I'm I'm excited that they're going to have their their um, podcast this week because I need a really good laugh. There you and go. That it's it's just it's beautiful. It's funny. It's enlightening. It's just it's a great great show. Fantastic. Currytheekeeper.com. You can also uh, get find them on Fountain as well. Same exactly. same platform. All right. Much love to all of you. We want you to live up in a down world. That is our challenge. That's our excitement. And that is our glory. And for you, we are pulling for you. You can do this. You've got this. Better yet, God's got you. God bless. Until next week.